Welcome to Foresight Friday Roundup, Foresight Health's podcast series for healthcare revolutionaries. Outcomes matter, customers count, and value rules. Hello again, everyone. This is Dave Berta, news editor at Foresight Health. It is Friday, November 19th. Are your kids off the entire week of Thanksgiving? When did that become a thing? Well, maybe they can help you find a turkey when they come home. On today's episode of The Roundup, we're going to talk about one of our favorite topics, and that's healthcare affordability. Specifically, we're going to discuss two new reports on healthcare affordability. The first from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation that's based on a survey of more than 2,500 U.S. adults age 18 or older. The second from the Commonwealth Fund that's based on a survey of nearly 1,500 U.S. adults age 65 or older. To tell us what the reports say about healthcare affordability are Dave Johnson, founder and CEO of Foresight Health, and Julie Merchantson, partner at Transformation Capital. Hi, Dave. Hi, Julie. How are you guys doing this morning? Dave? I happen to be in Minnesota, where temperatures are below freezing and there's frost on the ground. Pretty sure I saw a groundhog this morning. So winter is coming and I'm mentally preparing myself. Stay warm. All right. Good advice. Julie, how about you? I happen to be in New York where the weather was 70 degrees yesterday. So I don't know. Global warming is not really a thing. (laughs) Quite the temperature spread this morning for all of us. Thanks. Now, before we talk about the big takeaways from these two new reports, let's talk about what you remember about Thanksgiving week when you were in school. Dave, were you ever off the whole week of Thanksgiving or or did you have classes until the end of the day on Wednesday? I don't think we were ever given the whole week off. I'm pretty sure I'd remember it if we did. Days off from school were pretty precious. I do remember getting an extra day off before starting seventh grade. And I was screwing around with some of my friends and Bobby Heyman threw a rock and hit me in the eye. Not fun. So on my first day of junior high in a brand new school, I had to wear an eye patch and protective glasses. Didn't make me self-conscious at all. <laughs> a school for pirates. Yeah, exactly. Great. Except it was white. It was a gauze patch <laughs> with tape on it. I mean, it was hideous. All right. Not cool. Not cool. Thanks, Dave. Julie, were you in class until the bell rang on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving or, or did you get the week off when you were in school? Oh, yeah. I never had the week off. And as a matter of fact, my kids' school in California just really started doing this three or four years ago. And honestly, it's the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I never had Wednesday off, let alone the whole week. And I'm sure my parents were grateful for that, too. Now, when our three kids were in elementary, middle and uh, high school, they did start getting Wednesdays off. And I think that was because so many kids were calling in sick anyways that the schools decided that it wasn't worth it. The kids thought it was a great idea until they realized that the district tacked on an extra day to the end of school to make up for it. Then it wasn't so funny. Joke was on them. Okay, well, another topic that most people don't find funny is healthcare affordability. Here are some of the things respondents told the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation in its survey on a list of 14 things that they said they worry some or a lot about. Healthcare costs ranked second behind political divisions in the country, which was first, and healthcare affordability ranked fourth behind racism in America, which was third. So healthcare costs and affordability are in good company on that list. 
Yet at the same time, 55% of the respondents said they thought that what they pay for care is very or somewhat fair, with 44% saying that what they pay is very or somewhat unfair. Dave, what's your take on the survey results? Uh, what do they say about affordability of care in the U.S.? And how can market reforms make care more affordable? Since I seem to need at least one musical reference for each show, my first reaction to this Robert Wood Johnson study was that it reminded me of Billy Preston's Here We Go Round in Circles. Do we really need another study to tell us that Americans think healthcare costs are too high and that they worry about healthcare affordability? At the same time, the study is a statistician's dream. It not only contained responses on healthcare experience, opinions on costs, and openness to big policy change. The researchers conducted regression analysis, did demographic profiling, and created audience clusters such as impatient progressives and moderate incrementalists. With all that slicing and dicing, there were bound to be some interesting tidbits. Here are a few that caught my attention. 70% reported that they were unsure about the cost of healthcare services after receiving them, and 92%, a whopping 92%, believe price transparency mandates would reduce costs. 88% were in favor of penalties for predatory pricing and billing. I did find myself wondering who are the 8 and 10% of people respectively who are opposed to price transparency and predatory practices. That's an unusual cohort. Survey respondents' attitude toward the government were interesting. A large majority blamed the federal and state governments for rising health care costs. At the same time, 80% also believe that it's the government's responsibility to make health care more affordable for everyone in the country. Maybe there's a responsibility accountability theme going on here, or maybe people just don't know what else to say. But what they are clear about is that everybody hates health insurance companies and drug companies. I was somewhat surprised that the public doesn't blame hospitals and doctors more for rising health care costs, because they're certainly part of the problem. But overall, the saddest part of the study for me were that majority of people were reporting that they'd either foregone care due to cost or made sacrifices to get the care they needed. A third believed that healthcare costs have had a negative impact on the mental and physical health of themselves and or their families. Four in 10 have appealed, fought, or questioned a healthcare bill. All of that is just pretty sad in terms of categorizing and measuring the day-to-day -day drag that healthcare puts on average Americans. It's, it's a real burden. Perhaps the most surprising finding of the study for me was that a majority of American adults believe the healthcare system requires a fundamental overhaul. They're my people, you know, bring on the customer revolution in healthcare. Uh, but, you know, overall, it's, the survey paints a dismal picture of public attitudes toward healthcare in the U.S. Americans are scared, confused, and frustrated by their interactions with the healthcare system. They see lots of villains but aren't sure what to do about them. It reminds me of the old quip that the beatings will continue until morale improves. In healthcare, price gouging will continue until value appears. Maybe it's time to do another study, Dave. Thanks, Dave. I think I've met a few of those predatory pricing proponents at our local car dealership. So, <laughs> Were they wearing masks? <laughs> <laughs> 
Good point. <laughs> Julie, what's your read on the survey results? It sounds like people know affordability is a problem, but they're resigned to accept it. Uh, will innovative new companies and new care models come to their rescue? Well, you know me. I think innovators will absolutely be coming to the rescue in a lot of areas here. But I want to call out one example of where innovative companies will definitely contribute. But we are just at the beginning of all this in many ways. There was a quote I read related to all this that said, and I quote, despite price transparency efforts, 70% of surveyed adults are unsure about the cost of healthcare services after they receive them. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, no kidding, because the transparency rules just came out. We just had our first year of trying to figure this out. So a lot of, you know, frankly, the policy that's been put in place is just weird and, you know, the first inning. So, you know, hospitals can't even figure out how to report all that information in a way that, you know, is apples to apples, much less in a way that consumers can comprehend. But I can assure you that innovators will eat that information up as it grows and its cons consistency and its sophistication, and frankly, as it grows in its scale. And they'll be able to serve up costs to the right consumer at the right time with a comparison base that matters. And today, that's not exactly simple, despite the transparency rules and due almost entirely to how new they are. So innovators can definitely help there. Innovators can similarly help in a lot of places. Let's take care avoidance. A lot of issues raised in the report about that. There are far more sophisticated analytics and AI tools that are enabling both health plans and providers, actually, to identify people in need of healthcare services and communicate with them in ways that are mo they're most likely to respond. I need a text. Dave needs a phone call. Dave, I don't know what you need, but how do you respond, right? So these solutions are real. And their impact is certainly promising. And if you just look at where hospitals are in starting to adopt some of these, I've talked in the past about companies like Memora, where it's helping the hospitals turn their information inside out and develop more of a communication relationship with the patients that are embedded in all that data. Whoever has heard of a hospital doing that prior to the fact that now hospitals are trying to actually pull patients back into their hospital and into new solutions that they're developing to add to revenue. So, I mean, I could go on about all this, but yes, I think there's plenty of space where we'll see innovators helping here. Great. Thanks, Julie. I like the optimism. Dave, anything to add to Julie's comments? Data is both the problem and the solution. I think Julie's right on that. Dave, I want to come back to your query about how Americans can simultaneously believe that healthcare is unaffordable and that the prices they pay are reasonably fair. I believe it was F. Scott Fitzgerald who observed that the test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposing ideas in the mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. Well, hopefully, Americans are all still functioning. So what's really going on? For me, by any measure, U.S. healthcare costs are exceptionally high relative to other wealthy countries. So why would most Americans believe that the prices are reasonable? And the reason is that most Americans are shielded from those ridiculously high prices because their employers or the government subsidize their health insurance premiums. Their health care costs consist of their relatively small share of the health insurance plan premium and out-of-pocket co-pays and deductibles. 
that is the reality that explains the conundrum. Now, the number of Americans feeling the sting of high health care costs is increasing due to high deductible health plans, surprise bills, and out-of-network co-pays. There's also the fact that Medicare is almost bankrupt and that CMS just jacked up Medicare premiums in part because of their concern about covering the costs of that crappy Alzheimer's drug, Aduhelm. You know, eventually gravity wins. When all else fails, America will have to deal with its broken and excessively expensive healthcare system. And I'm with Julie. I think the innovators are going to be the ones that, that get it done. Got it, Dave. Thanks. Good explanation. Now let's talk about what respondents told the Commonwealth Fund in its survey of seniors. 20% of the respondents with Medicare coverage said they paid $2,000 or more last year out of pocket for health care. 15% said they didn't go to the dentist because of the cost of care. 9% said they didn't fill a prescription because of the cost. 7% said they skipped a medical test or treatment because of the cost. And 6% said they didn't go to the doctor when they were sick because of the cost. Julie, do, do those percentages surprise you? Uh, what do they say about the affordability of care for people enrolled in Medicare? Well, first, this report compared older individuals and in other countries compared to their senior peers in America. So, no, I'm not surprised by the percentages, nor do I think a lot of this has changed significantly. I also have a hard time buying into the fact that this kind of data could be gathered separate and apart completely from why people might have done this because of COVID. And that was you know, what the report said. So I don't know. I have a problem with, I guess, a lot of it. That said, if I just really looked at the percentages, the most concerning to me really would be dental visits, drug costs, and the kind of preventative test percentage. We know dental is a problem. Medicare doesn't cover it. It's fairly absent on the exchanges, and it's expensive. It's also you know, been shown to be a driving indicator of health, is health issues. So the fact that we can actually get some early warning signs of larger health issues out of dental care, much less just the dental care itself, we need to figure this out for sure. On the drug side, I think I even said this within the last few weeks, Medicare needs to really start driving the bus on drug negotiations. I don't know why we're not doing that at a more macro level in this country. End of story there. <laughs> And, you know, I'll just say this, a different way to look at this is pretty pessimistic, which is we live in a capitalist society where until death, you are still expected to have some sort of skin in the game. And our country will not go the way of socialized countries anytime soon. And I think while many politically feel like we are barreling down the tracks in that direction, you know, CMS has a budget to balance or not. <laughs> and we've chosen for years to not fund 100% of potentially life-extending health expenses. And I don't see that changing. Thanks, Julie. Yeah, a lot of warnings in the survey data. Dave, what's your take on the Commonwealth Fund survey findings? Uh, is care getting more or less affordable for seniors? And what do you see changing in the year ahead? As I said earlier, the saddest part of these surveys, and it goes for the RWJ survey as well, is the day-to-day -day reality that many Americans are foregoing vital care for cost reasons. The fact that it's happening with seniors who receive health insurance coverage from Medicare is even more dispiriting. Like Julie, I'm particularly troubled when seniors avoid basic 
primary care services like dental appointments. As she noted, chronic disease often first presents itself in the mouth. So not having dental care, dental screenings, means we miss a lot of chronic disease early when we could actually treat it. And our best shot at controlling the spread of chronic disease is through better front-end primary care. So failing to diagnose and treat these chronic diseases earlier means more intense chronic disease and related treatment costs later on. It's just kind of stupid. And there are some efforts to push investment into front-end primary care and with seniors in particular through Medicare Advantage. So maybe that's an encouraging trend. There have also been multiple surveys that find that when Americans cut back on medical expenditures, they cut back indiscriminately on both high-value and low-value care. They just are cutting back. They don't know whether the drug they're stopping taking really helps them a lot or not. And as a result, that also contributes to more intense and preventable disease manifestation later on when costs will be much higher. Now, you specifically asked me about whether care will become more or less affordable for seniors in the year ahead. That prognosis isn't good. As I mentioned earlier, CMS just raised premiums significantly because of concerns related to drug prices and covering the pandemic's ongoing costs. Medicare inflation is roaring again, which is putting upward pressure on coverage costs. Seniors will feel some of that pressure in their pocketbooks, particularly those with traditional Medicare coverage. If there is a silver lining, and I referenced it earlier, it's the rising number of seniors moving into Medicare Advantage plans. Those plans often come with lower no premiums, free dental and eye care, as well as gym memberships. Put it all together, when it comes to health care costs, even for the senior population, Billy Preston said it best, here we go round in circles. Trouble ahead. Thanks, Dave. Julie, anything to add to Dave's comments? You know, I just think, Dave, what you mentioned around Medicare hiking rates and looking to the fact that they also increase Social Security and that actually creating the right communication approach for seniors to be able to feel like they can afford the increased premiums. I just don't think it's that easy. I think you're dealing with a population that won't simply and easily put two and two together. And to your point, we'll make choices and are making choices today just based on what they feel like they can do without any true understanding of the implications. So I think the headline, this is going in the wrong direction. Yeah, you really have to understand your audience. Thanks, Julie. It is clear that the lack of affordable care is a growing problem. The choice right now for many people is binary, right? Get care or don't get care. And that's not good enough. And we all have to try harder to eliminate that choice. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Julie. Now let's talk briefly about other big healthcare news this past week. Julie, what other story caught your eye and why? Well, there was the funding of a very small company that's been backed by Andrews and Horowitz called Ribbon this week. And it's one of a few companies we're starting to see that's really focused on automating some of the back-end information and data that's used you know, in this case, we're looking at how it's automating lists of doctors and providers that can be used at scale. Backend, unsexy stuff, but really important. And I think we are starting to see healthcare arrive when we have solutions like, you know, Stripe-like solutions in our industry. So it's pretty exciting. Interesting. Thanks, Julie. Dave, how about you? What else happened this week that we should think about? Boosters and temp agencies were in the news. There's a significant debate whether 
Americans need to have booster shots to be fully vaccinated. To date, only 17% of Americans have gotten their booster shots. So stay tuned to that one. I think it could get pretty virulent. Also, fees for temporary healthcare workers are through the roof and hurting providers' bottom lines. Agencies providing the workers are on the hot seat for taking as much as 40% of that fee. So if you can get more, get more. As I said before, the price gouging will continue until value appears. Thanks, Dave. We definitely should do an episode on the uh, Great Resignation. We'll work on that one. Thanks. For me, it was the ProPublica expose on the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital that said the hospital spends 50% of the charitable contributions that it takes in on patient care, with the other half going to cover fundraising costs and to financial reserves. I don't think I'll be able to watch one of their commercials again the same way. We'll see. Thanks, Dave, and thank you, Julie. That is all the time we have for today. If you'd like to learn more about the topics we discussed, please visit our website at foresighthealth.com. You also can find a recording of this podcast and all our podcasts on the Healthcare Now Radio Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other streaming services. Subscribe now and don't miss another segment of the best 20 minutes in healthcare. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Berta for Foresight Health.